With the threat looming of going over a fiscal cliff, many of us are wondering, how would we care for ourselves in an unstable economy? Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of December the 13th, 2012. It is interesting that we are having this conversation here in the, what is this, the, the shadow of conversations about this fiscal cliff. And the whole idea of today's conversation is to describe the ways in which we are trying to move ourselves to a point where we don't have to depend on the money economy for our everyday subsistence any more than necessary. Yeah, I mean, there will always be some ways in which, you know, you're not going to go off. I mean, we are not advocating going off and becoming a hermit or an anarchist or, you know, just completely... I mean, I don't see myself living off the woods or something. I'm, I'm sure there's a name for that, but just going out and not having need of any other person. And neither of us has ever thought we would move in that direction. No. We've always known that we would need community. Right. So, so with that in mind, let's talk about what our subsistence needs are, maybe in order of priority, and then how would we... Would we deal with those things? Yeah, sort of Maslow-esque, I guess. Yeah. Take them, you know, in Maslow's order of hierarchy of needs. Um, the one that we would notice the very first is air. If, if we, we couldn't did get not air. have air to breathe, then it wouldn't take us long to uh, notice that one. Um, and then I guess we can talk about water would right. be next. Right. Now, are we going to do an overview, you think, and then go back and yeah, look just, at each one? Okay, yeah. Let's, let's name them. That I then, definitely think water is, okay. is the next one. And then food, mm-hmm. I, I would think, would come after that. Shelter and clothing sort of right there together. Yes. Both of them are protection from outside elements right. to varying extents. And then there's, you know, self-actualization and all those mm-hmm. things that Maslow described, but... Um, for for yours and my purposes, we've decided to use the term entertainment. Yeah, and and as far as the Maslow reference goes, we're not saying um, that we're skipping over. You you really didn't mention community in there, or you know, esteem or love or any right. of those. Uh, but but I do think for us, entertainment is a social phenomenon as well. We're not talking about yes, per, I can be entertained simply reading a good book, but we're taking it to mean the way we interact with others. Social interaction. Social interaction, but also myriad ways we can find um, entertainment to help us pass our days. Yeah. So let's start with air. Um, Not a whole lot to say about air. You either have it or you don't. Well, there can be varying levels of air quality. Sure. I know when we lived in the city or in the suburbs, we consistently would hear alerts about the air quality index. That's true, and we take it as a given that the quality of the air here in rural Elmore County is pretty good. Yeah, it really is, and and we live surrounded by forest, which even helps us more. Yeah, makes it cooler here, Mm -hmm. makes it very comfortable, and we assume that um, enriches the oxygen supply ever so slightly that we are breathing. So 
not more we not much more we know to say about air um water a whole lot we can say about that yeah in fact that's one of the things we've been talking about the past week as we um deal with issues of how to channel water when it does rain which lately has not been very often but when it rains how do we channel that water that falls um in ways that we can best access it in the future Right now, we are pulling our drinking water and our irrigation water from our 228-foot well. And that we have a, an excellent water supply. We get about 20 gallons a minute from our well, so it's in good shape. The water tastes good, too. And the water tastes wonderful. Uh, the difficulty is that the pump to bring it up 228 feet pulls two horsepower. That is an awful lot of electricity to use. We can always, as we've mentioned on some previous podcasts, whenever we are, the drip irrigation is working and, and making use of that pump, we can tell it on our power bill. Sure. And yeah. So. Yeah, we, we know when we are dripping and when we are not. Um, so what we're in the process of doing is um, migrating away from the use of that well whenever possible. Uh, and two different directions. There's the drip irrigation source and the drinking water or potable water source. Drip irrigation will come from the pond, we hope. We have a one-acre pond that has um, never lost any of its level, even in the driest possible weather, so we assume it is fed by an underground spring or two, and it's has a good dependable water supply so we think we can pull from that comfortably and the nice thing about pulling from the pond is that the distance from the pond to where we need it to be for the drip is only 40 feet which is a lot less energy than that 228 yeah foot lift. that's right I'm glad um, to have that water and it and the we sort of a gross filtration system is all that we would need to get the sediment out of it for the well the, the folks at um what is it irrigation mart in Louisiana, who have been our uh, have held our hands on all drip yes. irrigation matters over the years, tell us that the filtering system for pulling water from a pond and using it for drip needs to be fairly robust. But it doesn't have to a, be purified. I guess that's the point I'm making. True, it doesn't have to be drinkable. Right. Yeah. Um, but it does need to be very free of sediment and sand. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't say that well. That yeah. I knew that that was the main thing we needed to to get out of there because, yeah, it could clog your pipes right. very so, quickly. And it also needs to be relatively free of algae and that sort yeah. of thing because you, you surely don't want algae building up in your drip line. So, no. But we'll, we'll work on that. So that's the drip side. And then the household drinking water side, we have mechanisms set up to harvest rainwater from the barn now, and it all collects in a six-inch PVC pipe but runs down the hill we have gutters and downspouts on the the lodge, but we have not tried to invest yet in any underground piping to capture that mm -hmm. water. Right now, it's just eight downspouts. But we might be doing that. But we might elect to do that. We're just trying to think through the cost of that right now. But at any rate, that water, um, in contrast to the pond water, um, if we're going to use it, if it's to be potable, we'll have various filtration filtration systems and purification systems that we have to apply exactly cost more money unfortunately right um, briefly 
a first flush diverter as the first pass, and then a series of smaller and smaller filtering uh, media, and then uh, UV bombardment on the way from the lower tank to the upper tank, and then maybe another barrage of UV bombardment on the way down from the upper tank to where we call for the water. And by the time it does that, it should be quite safe and yeah. uh, and tasty, too. So we feel good about that. Um, still dependent on rainfall. And boy, I tell you, these last couple of years, that seemed to get more challenging. Right. It's um, We've had some periods of drought. Our rainfall is way down for this time, this month even. Um, so you know it's not it's not a good situation and again with global weirding who knows what the future holds but we do have reports indicating that one of the foreseeable results of global climate change in the southeast is drier yes yes um the handling of water is one of the many needs we will have for electricity Right now, we are getting our electricity from Central Alabama Electric Co-op, just like anybody else gets their electricity from a utility. Um, but our hope and, and expectation, our plan, is to install uh, some photovoltaic panels so that we are not totally dependent on the utility and totally dependent on the grid for our electricity. We have designed enough systems here in the farm that depend on electricity that we just decided uh, that's too precious, too important. We mm -hmm. can't be relying strictly on the grid. Now we do have a standby propane generator, but we also don't know how long we can depend on being able to get propane. Yeah, so. that's another issue that uh, either an economic crash or just an inability to um, obtain, to use fossil fuels in any supply um, so that we can access propane that's right that's up in the air right so okay you want to go to food well food is something that as we said in our list we've got air then water then food um obviously again having healthy food having food that is um safe to eat not contaminated um that's something that's critical for survival and i'd say that right now we're probably producing less than half of our food, less than half the calories we take in from right here on the farm. But I see that percentage increasing. I agree. Especially, I, th I mean, just this, to give you an example, I went out today and I've really seen the vegetable garden take off this fall. I've got, um, for the present, we can eat collards, rutabaga, kale. Um, there's some broccoli and cauliflower coming along. Um, so we've begun eating, eating that cabbage. Um, and of course for future, I see garlic coming up, carrots, um, some beets, turnips. Um, and that's just the little bit of garden I planted for fall. Yeah. That's so, the fall. That's not even, uh, getting into yeah. the, the warm weather garden. So, so we really, I do see if that we're on track, if we don't have another bad summer like we did last year with all of our things that happen to us, um, then we should be able to get way up on our food production. And as we've talked about before, what's missing is any source of meat, cheese, other protein, 
Um, and we've so with the advent, hopefully, of chickens for us, um, that will solve that problem to a certain extent. That's right. So that's that's really our hope is that we can deal with the that protein issue by bringing on laying hens and. And then possibly... You're probably sick of hearing us talk about it, but not doing it, and we're a little bit sick of it, too, so... Oh, yeah, well, we're going to try to deliver on our promises. Right. But, um, and the other possibility on down the line would be a dairy cow. I'm still thinking maybe a, a, right. mini, a mini moo. <laughs> there was a, a friend of mine gave me an article about mini moos. I love the name of it. And there are some small breed um, cattle that we would want only for milk, not for meat, and uh, so that's certainly something I wouldn't say no to. So you point. will be ready for us to stay here on the farm every day of the year once we do that. Or have right. someone available. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a big commitment. It is a big commitment. Uh, move on to shelter now. Um, we thought, We sort of think we've done all the building we need to do, at least for the two of us. If somebody else comes here to live at the farm with us, they might build a building. But we sort of feel like we've done all the building we need to. Other, other than a greenhouse. But that's not True. really to be shelters. It's, it's shelter for certain plants, but it's not yeah. really to shelter us. Right. We're, so. um, I'm now satisfied. And as I was not a week and a half or two weeks ago, this is brand new, but I'm now satisfied that we can do all the heating we need in both the barn and the lodge with our wood stove and the sun, the way it's coming in those windows. Yeah, because it was it was nice up there. I was in the lodge yesterday and um, just stayed around 70-degree mark or a little above. Yeah, just... I, you know, when we were building the lodge, we really didn't know whether we would get to the point where we needed auxiliary heat from the heat pump, particularly for those bedrooms that are on the north wall of the lodge. But I'm satisfied now that the wood stove, sitting in 2,100 square feet, is doing all the heating we're going to need, even on a really cold yeah. day. It was amazing that you the way that worked, because you lit a, a fire in the stove yesterday morning when it was, what would you say, it was like in the 60s when you went in and yes. lit the... and then this morning I went in, it was 61 degrees when I mm -hmm. uh, set the fire, and you know, just give it a few, an hour or two, and it'll be up to 68 or 70. And perfectly comfortable in, as you said, these north-facing, the windows are north-facing in these bedrooms. So we're believing that the air, the air circulation is just taking care of things. And it's just, it's a wonderful revelation for us to realize that we don't have to turn the heat pump on just even for the fan, because the it took us a while to figure it out. You and I finally figured it out yesterday mm -hmm, yeah. while we were walking. It's like, okay, let's think this through from a convection why standpoint. Why would that be How working? How is this working? And we, we think we understand now why the wood stove is heating those north bedrooms. Um, and we can talk about it sometime. Yeah, but it's, uh, we're it's satisfied that physics it works. There. But um, it's, that's good news. Now, we're more concerned, I think, about staying cool, especially because, as we've talked about some of the climate change models calling for hotter, drier summers, or hotter, drier weather in general. But in the summer, the hotter part is not good news when you live in this central Alabama part of the world. Not good news at all, and particularly here in the barn where you and I live, um, we've learned 
just from living in it for a while that it's easier to keep the lodge cool in hot weather than it is to keep the the apartment here in the barn cool in hot weather uh, but you know at least we know now how to do it and, and we have a cool place we can go we can always stay in the lodge during the really hot months so we have an option right. or we can sleep out on the porch here at the barn i think we i'll take to. the lodge but <laughs> well be that way we can talk but it, it does it was amazing because toward the end of the summer after the lodge was completed, you could go from one place to the other, and it did feel cooler up there. There was a noticeable difference. That, yeah, it was pretty apparent that um, it was more comfortable in the lodge than in the barn. Okay, clothing was one of those items listed that was be important. And um, I already have more, way more clothes than I'll ever need. So I'm not really too worried about just your everyday article of clothing. I even have plenty of coats. Shoes, on the other hand, because shoes wear out, and I, I tend to be very hard on my shoes. I, I, I can't go more than a year without having to replace a pair of walking or hiking shoes. Um, so, and I don't know how to make shoes. That's a, more, that's a little challenging. Right now, our expectation is we're going to be dependent on the money economy for shoes, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, we're just stuck with it. And I'm like you are with clothes. I got plenty of clothes. Don't ever need to buy any more clothes to be happy for the rest of my life. But shoes, I wear them out too. I don't wear them out quite as quickly as you do, but I don't, I, that may just be because of the kind of shoes I wear. Yeah. But, um, but I do wear them out and I'm going to need to buy more shoes. And I think that means spending money. Yeah. So, that's one thing we'll we'll have to get from somebody or someplace else. Yeah. Entertainment. Uh, we've got certainly Netflix, Dish, Verizon. We have, you know, we use technology for entertainment. We do, and we are quite active on the internet, both of us, and that uh, takes some money. The internet doesn't come free these days, but on another front. You are spending a great deal of time these days becoming quite facile on the dulcimer. Well, thank you for saying that. I enjoy it. Um, and you, until you injured yourself, but I, I'm confident you're going to pick it back up because your hand every day is getting stronger and stronger. You had just taken in a day. I couldn't believe how quickly you picked up the steel pan. Remember, I gave you a steel pan for Father's Day. Um, along with Audie, of course. The yeah, dog. that was mid-June. Mid-June. You got hurt in July and really started playing it two days before the injury. And and it does take two hands, if, if someone's not familiar. It's like a steel drum. Um, but you picked it up fast. So I'm thinking we could keep ourselves entertained musically, not to mention you still have your flute that you had purchased That's a long true. time ago. Um, I still have my clarinet, but boy, would I need to brush up on that. We have a piano and a reed organ. And, and you and I both enjoy singing. And a guitar. So. And then a daughter who plays the ukulele when she's here. So, you know, we, we have ways of keeping ourselves entertained musically. And as you said, singing. Uh, that, you know, even if we could never buy another album. Oh, and we're unpacking up there not too long ago, unpacking up at the lodge. I found more sheet music than you can shake a stick at. So we, even if you don't <laughs> know the tune by heart, we can figure it out. <laughs> Uh, we do have a confession to make. Here in the short run, at least, we probably will be spending more money, contributing more to the money economy to make our Internet access a little richer, a little more robust. It's so frustrating but that it's that that it's as slow as it is. 
Um, anyone out there who's ever experienced sluggish, slow, uh, intermittent internet exactly. access? If it were just slow, just, I think we could live with it, but it's, not it's also not reliable, yeah. and that's really getting to be a burden for so. both of us. Well, before we run out of time, let's look at you know, capital expenditures, different things we're trying to do to, to um, Yeah, I think our point that speed. we need to make here is that uh, what we've described to you that we are doing has not come without significant cost. And we still have some costs ahead of us with the rainwater harvesting, the road that needs improvement, That's the PV right. panels. And, and we can justify that expenditure because it's a major commitment on our part to become more independent of the money economy. We understand that not everyone can afford or justify the kind of expenditures we're talking about making for you know, photovoltaic panels and storage tanks and all the things that we've done. On the other hand, there are some things that everyone can do to become more independent of the money economy, starting with the simplest and the one you've already heard many times, grow at least some of your own food. And if I can learn in my mid-50s how to start doing it, anybody can learn. And let's be really clear here. Amanda Dubb has learned. She is good at this. Well, thank you. You are a wonderful vegetable gardener now. And I'm a half-decent fruit and nut guy, You're too. Great. So, yeah. you know, we've, we've learned a lot here in our old age, and so there's no reason for you to feel like it's too late. The the impediment that many of us have is that we don't have a place that, where we can grow with lots of sunshine, and we understand that. Just know that everybody can put a couple of tomato plants in a window box. Right, and if you live in an apartment or someplace where you really don't have it, uh, check out community gardens, urban gardens, that kind of thing. Those exactly. are growing in popularity. Uh, go in together with some of your neighbors and you know, find a little plot somewhere. And That's right. If you don't have a place, somebody you, a friend of yours does have a place and you could maybe use some of their land and sunshine to grow things yeah. and share some of what you grow with them. And the other thing you referred to that, that again, I, you and I both took music lessons from very early ages. I was seven when I started playing the piano. But the point is you don't have to be a musician from day one to just take up a new instrument. Again, Mid-50s, I'm taking up, even late-50s, <laughs> I took up the dulcimer, and um, it's not, and, and the people, a lot of the people who I play with really didn't have a musical background. You don't, there are several instruments you can learn, but, you know, just that have music that's easy to read, easy to communicate, so if you, that's one way to entertain yourself, and um, certainly... I think reading books is another one. Absolutely. That goes without saying. Go to your local public library. They'll, the people who work at the library will be delighted to see you because they want you to use their facility. Yeah. And, of course, uh, you, you heard us talking about how dependent we are on shoes. Uh, w neither of us is tempted to do this, but some smart person is going to say, I'm going to set out to learn how to repair shoes. Be a cobbler. <laughs> exactly. Be a, become a cobbler. Um, and like I say, we're not planning to do it, but maybe you're smart enough to do that. And if you are, if you do learn how to repair shoes, you will be a popular person wherever you go. That's right. Well, I guess that uh, we have certainly overstayed our welcome on this one, but it's been a fun conversation. This is a 
These are things that you and I talk about on a regular basis, and it's enjoyable to share them with our listeners. Hope you have a wonderful week. Stay warm. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.